Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to A to Z Arizona Sports All Day, live in the Bill Austin Radio Studio. I'm Hayden Silly, one of your hosts, and with me, as always, my partner, Jonah Krell. And, man, Jonah, it has been a wild week for Arizona sports, wouldn't you say? It really has. I mean, it's been rough. The, the news has been swirling, um, but we're here to recap it all, and we got to get through it together, Hayden. We got to get through it together. So, yeah. All right, and for for those of you that are new to the show, we do this segment called Quick Hitters, where basically Jonah and I talk about sort of like, you know, breaking Arizona sports news uh, that's happened throughout the week. So I can go ahead and get us started uh, with the Arizona Cardinals and Kyler Murray and that whole fiasco. But he did post, um, there's actually something leaked on uh, ESPN that said basically that he thinks Arizona is home, he wants to stay with the Cardinals, and it's been very interesting, and I think this is sort of a good thing because we haven't actually heard from him through all of this. This is the first time. Yeah, this is the first time that he's he's spoken, you know, to the media publicly, so I think this is, I think this is a sign of good things to come. Uh, Jonah, wouldn't you say? Yes, I mean, uh, Steve Keim also said to the media that there's zero chance that they trade him. Um, and so, I mean, it, talk is talk, though. We, we have to see what ends up happening. We all know things can change in just a second. So uh, it's just another thing to monitor, for sure. It's just the drama, the saga continues, right, for Kyler Murray. <laughs> uh, my quick hitter. We got to give a little update on the D-backs. Last time we spoke about them, we were so very thrilled and excited after their walk-off win to start the year. They've uh, had a little bumpy ride since, but hey, they have won two straight. I I guess that's really positive (laughs) at this point. We got to look at the positives. Two straight wins, everybody. (laughs) Let's clap our hands for that. Um, But two straight wins, pretty darn good in those two straight wins in terms of offense, getting the bats together. Um, and then I got a note about one guy, Seth Beer, Aiden. Seth Beer is this going been off. on fire. Yeah, so let's see his average. His average, he's batting 400 right now. Um, <laughs> just a great start for the young guy. Um, and so that's just something to keep your eye on. Two straight wins, playing the Mets today. Let's see if they can get something rolling. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and you you beat Washington as well. You know, Washington, they're they're not scrubs. The Nationals have always been a very consistent team. And, you know, after even taking one against the Mets, who, you know, many people think are going to go really far. They're playing well right now. Yeah, in the in the playoffs and everything. And it, it's just, it's a good sign to see. Uh, again, I don't have any, you know, playoff expectations for this team. Of course not. But yeah. I, I do think it'll be, it'll just be fun to watch these guys grow. Because, I mean, we have, what, one of the top farm systems, you know, in the entire MLB. So it'll just be fun to see, you know, how, how all that plays out. Absolutely. And with that... We'll get into our first topic of the day. You know what it is. The Phoenix Suns have kicked off the NBA playoffs. And right now the series is tied 1-1. to They head to New Orleans. They play tonight at 6.30. But the story is Devin Booker in that Game 2 loss, 125-114. to Hayden, we watched it together, and it just seemed like everything sunk once he went out in the third quarter. Yeah, the whole momentum of the game shifted and again i know you and i were were talking about it like you know on on tuesday during that game and new New orleans they're not scrubs they're a good team they're well coached uh willie green you know former assistant with uh with the suns and with monty williams like they have a good team and 
the Pelicans have something that, honestly, a lot of teams don't. They have two of the best pure bucket getters, in my opinion, in the entire NBA. And that's that's sometimes what it comes down to in the playoffs. It comes down to guys that can just make tough shots. And literally all they would do is just get Brandon Ingram in a in a mismatch and just let him go to work. And it, it worked for them. But I, I don't think that, you know, with Devin Booker being out, I still think you can beat New Orleans. I, I still do. I think this roster is constructed in a way to go very far. I think it's constructed in a way to where if one guy goes down, either everybody else is going to step up or there's guys that you know can almost fill the role if does that make any sense yes it does but if in order to, for them to fill the role they have to hit shots yeah i mean that was dreadful in that game um if you take out i just did the math real quick if you take out devin booker's seven for 11 from three point range the sun shot 25 percent from three Devin Ouch. Booker carried we were mesmerized in that first half with how Devin Booker was playing the baby dap up everything um but in all honesty everything else was just really bad in terms of the role players and and the defense the Suns have played two quarters of good defense in this series the first two quarters of game 1 and then they have shown lapses and it's just been embarrassing to be honest They're, they've been lazy i think lazy is the correct word and so you mentioned the role players but they have to step up hayden and hit shots and play defense because like i just said again it was embarrassing i mean let's go through it real quick ayton was four for six not really much of a factor chris paul was missing shots that he usually hits yeah like that that's not good it, like you need him now to step up even more and then campaign jay i don't even want to get started on jay crowder oh my goodness <laughs> just it was rough oh for five from three two for 11 it, the only bright spot really i think was mikhail bridges and how he stepped up when booker went out but you're gonna need those other role guys to step up now and hit shots open shots if they want you know to make this a series but in all honesty, the Suns really haven't played two bad games in a row. I, I mean, that's probably the the most in terms of uh, a bad stretch, two bad games. And then they've been able to clean it up. So I have faith in Monty Williams. He can get them back on track. But it's going to need these role players to step up. Step up. Yeah, absolutely. And here, here's the crazy part as well. In that game two, we shot 50% from the field. We shot 37.1% from three, even like, but but like you said, if you took out Booker's, what was it, seven of 11? Yeah. From three, I mean, it'd be about 25%. Like, statistically, like, the numbers are almost neck and neck. Uh, I think the big thing that after game one that still hasn't gotten talked about was the, um, was the rebounding. And I know that they, I know that they've made steps, but here's the thing, like, you need DeAndre Ayton to go up and just get it because Jonas Valanciunas is a big guy. He's a monster right now. Yeah, and it's it, it's literally like they're just having a feast with it. And same same with Larry Nance Jr. You know, coming off the bench. And I think you just gotta have guys that are gonna start to crash the glass more because a lot of their a lot of their you know points come from second chance points. And you know, in a playoff series, you cannot you cannot give up 
easy looks like that. You 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 just can't. It's been frustrating because they've played good defense, um, and then they, that just goes to waste. And this has been a problem, Hayden, for this last stretch of the the regular season, and it's now coming into this uh, playoffs. The the Suns have just been struggling to rebound the ball. They're 14th right now in the league in in rebounds per game. Uh, that's terrible. And then the the Pelicans, meanwhile. Number one in the league in offensive rebounds per game. So and and then also the Pelicans love to push the pace. That we saw that so much. Um, I, I'm gonna work on finding the transition numbers, but um, they love to push it. And the Suns just looked really uncharacteristic, uncharacteristically lazy uh, to get back on defense. And so that needs to change. You know, Monty's gonna to, gonna talk to uh, to them and and show the film on just. The easy buckets. So we'll see if they can change that. Um, but I want to talk about New Orleans shooting for a second. They were unbelievable from three. I believe 55.4%. Yeah. 17 to 30. Uh, 56.7%, excuse me. Um, I, I I was listening to a podcast earlier uh, this week. That is the, the best uh, three-point percentage that any Suns opponent has had against them this season. Can, you, wow. you can't um, you, you can't really predict you can't predict that they're gonna do that again yeah. two games in a row I mean that was that was pretty ridiculous I'm not gonna say it's luck because we just talked about they have a good roster with a, a bunch of good shooters and McCollum and Ingram were just lights out but you can't expect that to continue yeah. like that's that's just a, a trend you can't keep up exactly and I it was funny. I was talking to a couple people about the series, and everybody's like, "Oh, Phoenix is gonna sweep them." And I'm like, "No, I'm like, because New Orleans will have one game where they hit every shot, they scored the they scored the lights out of the ball, and I think that was this game. I really do. Even with Devin Booker being out, I think that uh, you know, I just think that guys are ready to step up. And it was funny because I was listening to Inside the NBA. Yes, yeah, the show. <laughs> Charles Barkley was talking about Chris Paul, and he's like, you know, he's like, he looks like, you know, he wanted to take over, but like physically he couldn't. Yes. And I, I never thought about it like that, but I think that says that says a lot, right? Because Chris Paul playing thirty six minutes a game, Mikael Bridges playing forty minutes a game. You know, I, I think that it's, I don't even know really how to say it, but these dudes are playing such high-level minutes. And like you like you said, you need everybody to step up, especially like Torrey Craig. And, yes. Yeah, Jay Crowder especially. And I, I might be one of the only people that really like does does not like Jay Crowder in, in, <laughs> in, in terms, not, not as a person, but just in terms of the system. Because like, I think Cam Johnson is better. I think he, that physical profile is the same. I get it, the whole toughness thing. He brings an edge, but like, like, come on. You just need people to step up. And let's talk about this upcoming game tonight for a second. Um, in, in wake of, of Booker's absence, we, we have to talk about Booker now. Yeah. Out grade one hamstring, uh, two to three weeks. Who who steps up now? Is it Cam Johnson, like you said, or Landry Shamit? Who who should be in that spot, that starting spot now? Good question. I mean, one of the interesting things as well was that when that report came out, uh, the Suns never actually confirmed it, which was really interesting. They had no timetable on it. 
So when ESPN put out that report, the Suns were like, hey, you know, we still haven't actually like declared anything, which is, I think, really interesting. I do think that the Suns will play it safe. I really do think, though, I, I would want to say Shamit, but I really think that you play, you know, Chris, Chris Paul's obviously, you know, he's 6'1". He's not the biggest guy, but you, I'd say it's like Cam Johnson in. Like, I, I, I would really say so. Like, not even in at the shooting guard spot, but or or you could do this. You could put Chris Paul and campaign in the same lineup. I think that's a little small for yeah. one, two. Yeah, but I mean, but you could I might do, go Shamit there instead. Yeah, but, I mean, but you could do that for spurts at a time, though. Like, because campaign will, you know, he'll go to the basket and he'll basically just, you know, run around like a crazy person like he's done all yeah. year. But, I mean, now now that you say it, Shamit, you know, like, logically would be the best bet. I still think dynamically, though, like, if you're trying to score and if you're trying to match the pace, then I would definitely say that, that even putting campaign in with Chris Paul might be the move. Okay. I, that's that's an interesting sh- uh, thought. I haven't thought about that yet. That's interesting. Um, I'm more leaning to either a Landry Shamit right now in that shooter role mm-hmm. because I think he stepped up when Booker was hurt. Uh, I, I can't remember you know, what the lineup was um, when that occurred, but um, Shamit definitely saw more minutes, and he stepped up. And, and Shamit actually played kind of good off the bench in Game 2, had that nasty dunk, right? Yeah. And so... Um, they, I'm didn't even, they didn't even show highlights I know, for it. That was ridiculous. That was ridiculous. But um, I like the idea of Shamit or Johnson. Go, you know, wing depth with... That would be interesting. Ooh. Um, how about, like, Chris Paul, Mikhail Bridges in at the shooting guard, Crowder, Johnson, Aiton? That would be interesting. That yep. would be interesting for sure. A lot of shooters. And you need, you need your shooters this t- game because, like we said, it was rough without Booker. So yeah. we'll see, we'll see. A lot, a lot of, a lot of big bodies in that, in that lineup as well. Kind of gives me like, a, you know, I think a couple of years ago, like those Boston Celtics vibes, where they just had so many wing players just switch, switch. Oh, oh. and we have a special guest, everyone. We oh. have a special guest. Yes, we should, we should have announced that. Yeah, my apologies. All right. Hello, caller. Who is this? Oh. We got him. We got him. Okay, finally. Technical Hello, difficulties. Shoddy technology you got out in Phoenix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the Bill Austin Radio Studio. Um, but I need to give an introduction. Sorry, I was stalling with bananas. I was doing my best. I was talking about bananas. But we are back, and we have our special guest. And reluctantly, Hayden, <laughs> I had to bring him on because he is, the only, he is the only Pelicans fan I know. His name is Ethan Krell. He is my cousin. Ethan, welcome to A to Z. Hi, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. No <laughs> oh. reluctant. Yes, yes. So thank you for coming on. The series is tied one to one. How are you feeling about your pals right now? Right now we're feeling pretty good. We're feeling pretty confident. We're excited to go back down to the blender, back down to the south. <laughs> the uh, blender as they call it. We're feeling the Blender, as they call it, the Smoothie King Arena, also known as the Blender. And, yeah, we're feeling pretty good. Obviously, the uh, the Booker news gave us a little bit more confidence, but, you know, you don't want to rest on your laurels, and you got to keep fighting. Ooh, that's that, that's good, Ethan. Uh, 
I got a question. Have you uh, have you seen Zion Williamson at any of the local restaurants <laughs> down in down in New Orleans? He does eat. Yeah, he does eat. He is a human, so uh, he does still have to eat. Um, but he does work out, and, and you know, he's trying to get back in shape, and we'll see what happens with that. And, uh, and okay, thank you for that for the insider information on Zion. I appreciate that. But in all seriousness, uh, Ethan, I mean the Pels really looked good last night. But I was talking earlier um, how they shot fifty six point seven percent from three. You can't expect that to keep up, can you? Like that's that's pretty hard to duplicate. Yeah, I think that's tough. And you know, obviously you saw it in game one. Uh, they weren't shooting the three so well, and they obviously got into a pretty deep hole. I think that, you know, we've seen it with this team all year, that they can have these amazing games, especially after the break, after the All-Star break. They've been shooting a lot better. Um, DJ obviously brings that, you know, enthusiasm, and he, he kind of gets the team going. Uh, Trey Murphy off the bench when he can start shooting threes and getting hot. Uh, and Larry Nance. Obviously, Don't forget about Larry Nance. Yeah, man. Larry Nance, too. Yeah, no, Larry Nance has had a hell of a series, um, starting basically with the play-in. Uh, he's come out of nowhere with rebounding, his shooting. He just brings all this energy. Um, so will we see that three-point percentage stay up? I think that's tough. Obviously, that number's really high. Um, but, you know, you see with both teams. You know, CP, it seemed like in the first game he couldn't miss. Um, and then... You know, last game, what was he, like one for seven from three or two for seven? Uh, so, you know, we can, you know, can't bank on that happening either. Yeah. I got a, uh, I got another question for you. So, Alvin Gentry, former Pelicans coach, got fired uh, this, <laughs> this last offseason. You guys bring in Willie Green uh, from Phoenix, uh, Monty Williams' top assistant. I just want to ask that you, being a Pels fan, like, what have you seen uh, from Willie Green that has really just, like, turned this team around? Yeah, I would say one of the biggest things that I've seen out of Willie is that he trusts his players. Uh, you know, he doesn't just rely on the vets to carry the team. He's trusting all of these rookies. He's playing, what, like three rookies in playoff games? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, letting them do their thing. I think that one thing that we struggled with last year when we had Stan Van Gundy, I thought he was a great coach, but he you know, wouldn't trust these rookies to kind of go out and do their thing. Uh, and that's something that Willie's really brought to this team. Um, and he just believes in the team. Like, we started off 1-12, horrible start to a season, and he just kept preaching, you know, if we keep doing these same things, and we're just going to keep getting better, and, you know, look where we are now. We made it to the playoffs. You know, we're making a name for ourselves. So I got I got full faith in Coach Green. And I think he's sort of gotten that, that identity from Monty and the fact that he's a player's coach. He cares about his guys. Um and it's really cool to just see him trust his players, put him out there, and just have faith in him. So you have to give your hats off to Willie Green, Ethan. Um, and you know this Booker news, it's it's got us all up in in just worry and, and anxiety here um, in Phoenix. And uh, I know it's just I'm I'm worried. I I just don't know. I mean I think they can still pull off this series without him. But it's going to take the, the other guys, the role players, stepping up and possibly a Chris Paul takeover. Um, on the Pell's perspective, is it just more of uh, you have to do the same, get, the, get Valanchunas involved, get CJ and Brandon Ingram going in, in pick-and-roll situations? Is, is it just more of the same, or, or do you think you will have to adjust for what Phoenix will be doing without Booker? 
think we're definitely going to have to adjust. I think CJ put it best when he was talking yesterday, you know, talking about how an injured dog or injured animal, you know, is a scarier animal. Um, and this is a, you know, when, when Book's out there, obviously he's incredible, um, but we have a game plan for how we want to attack that. And now when he's, you know, not in anymore, Monty's drawing up some stuff that, you know, we don't know what to predict. We can kind of try to keep what we're doing, but there's going to be some, some curveballs that I think coming at us in this next game that we're not going to expect. Um, that said, last game, you know, if Book wasn't in that first half and like seven threes or something like that, couldn't miss. You know, I think that last game is a blowout. So I can see it going other way. If, if there's no one to step up, you know, they can't just rely on Chris Paul, I don't think. I mean, I want, I want to hear your opinion too, but uh, if those role players aren't stepping up in last game, you know, he was the only reason they were in it for the first half. So, you know, yeah. I'm excited to see what it, what it looks like. That's that's good. And Ethan, we got we got one more question for you, and then and then we gotta we gotta wrap it up. Unfortunately, uh, you know, Brandon Ingram, Jonas Valanciunas, Larry Nance Jr., even CJ, uh, they have all been fantastic on the boards. Uh, New Orleans has been ranked uh, number one in the league in offensive rebounding since the All Star break. Uh, you know, just from from what you've seen. Like how, I, I, I don't know. Like how do you think that New Orleans will just continue to just like attack the glass like they've been doing all series long? It definitely gives them confidence when they get these rebounds, they get in all these second chance points. Uh, obviously, you know, hitting the threes last game kind of builds them more confidence because they don't need to play so much more bully, so, so much bully ball down low. Uh, but you know. Aiden, I'm sure, is going to step up at some point, and he's going to start making a name for himself down low. So we just got to keep fighting. Larry Nance got to come off the bench uh, and, you know, show him that he can re- rebound too. Um, Jackson Hayes, I'd like to see a little bit more out of him. He had a good game last game, but, you know, he needs to stay physical as well. Yeah, I think uh, you you touched on it. The Valanchunas Aiden matchup. Now that Aiden has to step up a little bit more, I think that's going to come to light, and that's going to be um, a story for this game tonight. And I, in my opinion, I think the Suns have to split these two games in New Orleans for them to have a chance, really, because this is going to be a series. We all know that for now. Um, and so, Ethan, thank you so much for coming on the show. I know you, he, uh, Hayden, he lives in New York, so uh, it's three hours difference. Hayden, wow. uh, I mean, Ethan, are you going to stay up for this game? It's crazy. It's in New Orleans, but it's, it's, it's going to be a late night for you. Again, <laughs> this, is, this is some ridiculous. We're on Central Time in New Orleans, and they're still making us, you know, eight thirty start there. So I don't know. Something's <laughs> going on in the week office. We got to change that up. Move it down to maybe a seven o'clock game. Yeah, hope, get to bed. Hope you can stay awake, Ethan. <laughs> hope you can stay awake. Uh, enjoy your night. All right, we'll touch soon. We'll t- uh, we'll we'll keep in touch. Appreciate the time. All right, see ya. Go Powies. <laughs> All right, that was my cousin, Ethan Krell. Great to have him on. He's a passionate Pelicans fan, Hayden. So um, I was glad we could get an opposite side. Um, any closing thoughts before we wrap up? I know we don't really have any time for final words, but any thoughts as, you know, this this is a big game tonight. Yeah, I mean, you said it perfectly where we just, we have to split. We have to at least split the series in order for us to really have a fair shot because we still have that home court advantage. Uh like we talked about earlier, I'm just excited to see how guys will step up, prefer, uh, most notably like Kevin Johnson, DeAndre Ayton. Jay uh, Crowder. Yeah, Jay Crowder especially. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, like you said, it's going to be a very entertaining series. Yes, absolutely. So 
that does it for A to Z. We will keep our eyes closely peeled on tonight's game. This is huge. So that does it for us here at the Bill Austin Radio Studio. You have been listening to A to Z. Have a good one, everybody.